I don't think we met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It's coming on! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, and Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly, the day ahead of Ireland's first test in New Zealand. They're looking to make history at Eden Park, but a massive task ahead of them. Murray Kinsley here with you, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line from Auckland by our man down there. It is Gary Doyle. How are you getting on, Gary? Really good. Really good. It's been it's been great crack so far. I have to admit, I uh, made the mistake last night of thinking I was over the jet lag and I was... We're going to celebrate that fact by going for a wee, a wee cheeky pint later on, which turned into two or three too many. So it wasn't. <laughs> there was a there was a bit of speculation at the captain's run this morning that there'd be another withdrawal from the team when the withdrawal <laughs> would have been me. But uh, nothing like a bit of a few paracetamol to sort me out, and I'm ready to go. Had a had a productive afternoon, ready to ready to rock again this evening, and. Please God, I'll get to bed by about dawn, like, you know, so it's been great, it's been good crack, good crew over here, and um, really looking forward to it tomorrow, like, you know, we got to see Eden Park today, and it's, it's yeah, it was sort of, kind of special sort of being on the pitch that JPR Williams got that drop goal, and, you know, you're thinking of all the great games that were here, and all the great teams, and all the great players, and when you go to a stadium like that for the first time, it's, it's pretty cool, like, you know, so it's, so far, so good. Yeah, they're the, I suppose, hazards of, of touring. You've got to have a bit of stamina to get up and go again. Uh, and great to hear that you're enjoying settling in. What's your sense been like down there of the of the test series, the anticipation, the trepidation maybe even from some of the Kiwis over there? What's the, the mood in, on their side of things? Yeah, well, the first thing in answer to that, Murray, is this is, Auckland is so different so far to say a Six Nations weekend. Like say when you land in in Cardiff uh, or Paris or particularly Edinburgh, you just know there's a big match coming up. You can't really say that here, if we're being fully honest. Now, it's getting noticeably, uh, you know, more like a Six Nations uh, weekend as as time goes on, in the sense that you see a few more green jerseys around the place. Um, but it is definitely different. It is definitely not the sense that, you know, tomorrow there's going to be a big, big day. So that's that's kind of, I found that kind of interesting uh, because, like, this is New Zealand's first home game in ages. Like, you know, they played, they were on the road for so long last season and it's not as if they play all their matches in Auckland either. Like, they travel around uh, to the other cities in New Zealand for their home games. So I'm a little bit surprised by that to, to some extent. Um, a sense of trepidation inside New Zealand there is bizarrely because um, I always had the impression that this was just a super confident um, stroke arrogant uh, rugby population that just felt that the All Blacks were better than everybody else but they're concerned about a few things they're concerned about their front row um, they sort of feel that alright here we go with my first pronunciation Murray and another reason why I'll <laughs> never make it in commentary off a How's that, Murray? Yeah, very good. Great start. Thanks very much. And the next one, next one, George, how was that? <laughs> That's pretty impressive, Gary. So basically, the fear is that George Barr's work rate around the park, is, it's, everybody knows that it's really, really good. Uh, 
but mm. he's not really noted as a scrummager. And that Tungafasi's technique is, you know, possibly going to be exposed by Andrew Porter tomorrow. The big talking point throughout today um, and throughout yesterday as well uh, was surrounded uh, Barrett's selection at six. Uh, because, as you know, like the last time he played at yeah. six was uh, the 2019 World Cup semi-final and he was hauled off. It didn't go well for him. But I still think I still think it's a really clever move because even though it didn't work that day, it's a different opponent now. This is Ireland, it's not England. Um, it's kind of interesting that the All Blacks are known for, you know, going east-west. Uh, and now they're sort of thinking, well, let's go down the pitch north-south. Let's, let's attack through the middle. Let's get back to, you know, traditional All Black strengths of just overpowering teams and winning the physical battle. So that's essentially uh, why Bard is there, as well as the fact that he's a good set-piece uh, operator. And they're genuinely very, very worried about the Irish line-out and the, the strike players. Um, but against that, there's definitely concern, not just that you know they conceded a lot of scrum penalties in their defeats last year to France and to Ireland in November, but also that there are a number of occasions when they had attacking scrums in the opposition 22 and nothing really came of those so like you know everything is scrutinized in minute detail over here i've certainly noticed that in terms of uh, the coverage that they get of a really large press pack that sort of that was there today anyway for the for the irish captain's run and you get a sense that they really respect ireland now you know i don't think you would have had that mm. sense in 1992 when they were you know Ireland were back in the old amateur era and most of the team it was something like the, the 91 team that ran the Wallabies so close in the World Cup quarter final only five of them toured nine months later to play New Zealand that time and you definitely got the sense that New Zealand didn't take them seriously but you, that's not the case now Murray it's uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's building up They're, they say this is the biggest series here since 2017 when the lands were here. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like a, a blockbusting series. As you mentioned, some interesting selection calls on their side and the front row is the big one since last November, really, where they've questioned themselves around the way they've been going. It was the likes of Furlong and Porter who were probably setting the standards in, in that regard. A couple other ones in the back line. Quinn Tupaya starts in midfield. You mentioned a bit of power, a bit of directness, and he's given that all season for the Chiefs. He'll be a real kind of first phase gain line setter. Leicester Fanganuku makes his debut on the left wing and, and on Wednesday our, our live show for lots of our members indeed um, and, and other people at our show in, in Dublin Owen Toulon was breaking down how someone like Lester Fanganuku in particular could add that power to the back line and, and they'll look to use him off his wing to to go through Ireland over the top of them as, as well as around them we know the, the All Blacks can do that so there is a nice bit of power to, to their back line there Bowden Barrett um Gets an odd of 10 ahead of Richie Mwanga, who had a bit of an illness during the week. But given Bart's form all season, there's there's no surprise there. And we know his world-class ability. So there's lots of, of strengths in that team. And, and I agree, it's really interesting to see Barrett there at six. Probably a bit of a, well, a major trend, really, in the game in the last couple of years with, with that kind of lock, hybrid, uh, blindside flanker kind of profile in the teams. There'll be another debut off the bench with Peter Gus Saukula as well. He's... He's a skillful boy. He's ex-Fiji basketball international, and you can see that with his offloading game. But again, he's he's explosive. He's powerful. 
Um, and the All Blacks will be looking for that injection from the likes of him and, and Tokiahu, um, Braden Enor even making the bench with a couple of those injuries and, and COVID absences. So there's a there's a nice blend in that All Blacks team. And yeah, interesting to hear of the maybe a little bit of lack of confidence there, g- given what happened, I suppose, in the last two tests when they played Ireland and, and France. What of Ireland then, Gary? What have you... What struck you about interacting with them over the past week? The the words, the the mood, um, the body language, even unbelievable confidence. That's that's the the one thing that struck me. Like the big theme of the week is, you know, this is Eden Park. We haven't lost here since nineteen ninety four. Dan Sheehan made the point in the captain's run today that he wasn't born. Uh, you know, the last time that that they lost, that the All Blacks lost the test here, which was in 94 against France. It's the longest by far, Murray. It is the longest unbeaten run at a home ground in World Rugby Test history. Um, but you know mm. something? This, the, the, the way the players are talking is, right, they're looking at this, to flip the psychology of this, to think along the lines that, right, this is another opportunity. And let's go through a wee bit of recent history of our own here. 2000, Ireland go to France. They hadn't won there since 72. O'Driscoll gets his hat-trick. 2002, they play Australia on the piss-wet day in Lansdowne when Ronan O'Gara couldn't miss a kick and Gervin Dempsey didn't drop a catch and they beat the Aussies for the first time since 02. 04, you know, they haven't beaten England at Twickenham in the professional era and they do win there. They haven't won a triple crown since 85, and they get that. They haven't beaten South Africa since 65, and they do that. You go on to 09, haven't won the Grand Slam since 48, and they tick that box. You go to 2016, they've never won away to South Africa, and they do it. They've never beaten New Zealand, they do that in 2016. 2018, they Mm. beat New Zealand at home for the first time. They win a Grand Slam for just the third time. And then they win a series in Australia for the first time since 1979 so these stats about Eden Park they're just kind of irrelevant to the likes of Dan Sheehan and Caelan Doris who spoke about it as well Josh van der Fleer who spoke about it like they cannot be held account for the sins of the past and they cannot these players cannot be held account for the fact that okay nobody has won here since 1994 but Ireland have only played here once or twice since 1994 so it's mm. it's just a stat it's irrelevant but from an Irish perspective it is sort of rubber hands and go let's let's take these guys on like there is there is serious confidence and what was really noticeable like the performance particularly in the first half the other night against the Maoris you know, I was going to say it was nothing to write home about, but then given given what my given what my task out here is, I didn't have much of a choice in that regard. Like the first half was pretty poor to say the least, but the mood at training today and yesterday was so upbeat, irrespective of how poor the performance was. And as Farrell Andy Farrell made the point afterwards, he goes, "Well, look, what relevance is this to Saturday? Because there's fifteen different players that are going out, so." What it does show you is that there's a big gap between the first 15 and the second 15, Murray. You know, that there are definitely depth issues that we're, that we're worried about. I think Farrell took out too small a squad here. 40 players for five matches wasn't enough. Like, the All Blacks have 36 in their squad, hmm. and that's only for three matches. And they're at home, yeah. so they can bring yeah. players in pretty easily. And the other factor is the, uh, the Springboks have 43 players in their squad for the matches 
in the summer against Wales. So I think he made a mistake in that regard. And like Hansen's out with COVID, Henderson's out with an injury. So is Rob Herring. But the big thing today was the sight of Kean Healy, who I thought his tour was over on Wednesday. Mm, he was flying around the place. Flying around the place. Wow. You know? uh, so I think it'd be good for tomorrow. Like, you know? Yeah, really interesting to hear about that confidence. And, and it's funny, like even when I list the strengths, potential strengths out of All Blacks team, you look at it from Ireland's eyes, Quintu Pai and Rico Ioane, completely new centre pairing. They've got to get quickly up to speed with each other. Leicester Fanganuku on the edge, defending with them as well. Even the front row, as you mentioned, that's a, a new combination. Uh, in the back row, Scott Barrett obviously hasn't played a huge amount with those other two guys at, at test level. So, yeah, there are little bits there. And you think of their recent form not being the greatest. You think about question marks over Ian Foster. And, of course, Ireland are going to be going, this is our prime opportunity. You know, this is not, a at the moment, a great All Blacks team. So, so let's go and uh, make some history. Um, you mentioned Keane Healy there and, and that loose head prop part of it has been a, a major concern. There was major concern over Jeremy Lockman, but it sounds like overnight there's been a, an update. In yeah, this basically an admission uh, from the New Zealand Rugby Union that there was a bit of miscommunication on Wednesday night and they didn't get the independent, whoever was doing the head assessment, independent uh, head injury assessment on Jeremy, hadn't seen the video. And that's why that's why he was sent out back out to play it got to half time and Aaron got him off straight away like you know um yeah. I'd, I'd yeah. have no idea why they didn't see the video you know it's it's yeah. it's too risky yeah. you know that's a, a guy this is a guy's health you know it's a head injury um like you put out the tweet uh with the gif of him falling backwards and you know he shouldn't have been back on the pitch you know he wasn't he wasn't he should mm. have been just allowed to rest um but yeah, it's uh, it's just it's something they've got to review and not make that mistake again. Yeah, pretty big error, pretty big error. Uh, Ed Byrne on his way over, we understand to to get involved on the tour out there and may feature against the the Marys in the next game. The Ireland team selection as well is notable, if very settled, and probably exactly what one might have predicted in terms of him going to the experience with Keith Earls on the right wing, Peter Romani in, in the back row. What's your sense of of the big calls that he's made, Gary? Um, because experience has edged out. Experience has, but there's one really interesting fact, Murray, and we've we've lost sight of this. I think five of the players only made their debut that are, of the st- players that are going to start tomorrow only made their debut since the 2019 World Cup. But we're at the stage now where we regard Hugo Keenan and Caelan Doris as part of the establishment. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Yet remember how big a call it was when Doris got straight into the team for the. For the 2026 nations um so it is settled it is edging on the on the veteran side of things i don't think earls would have played if hansen hadn't got COVID. um i don't think hansen would have played if balakun hadn't got injured uh, i think he would have mm. given them a ch- would have given balakun a chance and rightly so on this tour um you know it's a it's a big the time for experimentation is over that's what the mari games are there for we're a year out from the world cup and this is just a huge opportunity can you imagine the the boost ireland will get if they manage to win their first test in new zealand and the impact that will have carrying on into next year's world cup i just think it would be massive it would really um deepen their belief 
Um, now, if they do get a, a win in this in this test, then there is a definite call for, you know, giving somebody, like say Craig Casey, a start in mm. the second or third tests. Um, but you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm in favor of coaches being conservative a year out from the World Cup. The time for experimentation is is a bit earlier, and Farrell has experimented to he's. He's experimented pretty well uh, since 2019, but people have sort of um, wanted a bit more because um, the, the new kid in the block is always, you know, mm. a bit more exciting uh, than the established pro. But these are good pros and they deserve they deserve their shot. The guy with 76 caps deserves the chance to win his 77th uh, if he's playing well enough. And I think these players, they've yeah. only lost once in in the last season so they do deserve the show exactly I totally in agreement with his with his selection calls I think it's bang on in terms of that first 15 there's a lot of criticism of Earls after Wednesday <clears throat> and listen no one covered themselves in glory in that game but I think a lot of what is being directed at him is, is really unfair and potentially caught a kind of he was the, the fall guy potentially in a couple of situations where Aaron's defence wasn't organised or where others inside uh, went off and, and brought line speed when they maybe need to sit off and he's left exposed. Um, and we know that he's savvy, intelligent. He was in really good form, I, I think. Even with Munster losing to Ulster, he played well in that game. One of the very few. O'Mahony in the back row again makes total sense. We discussed it in depth at, at our show on Wednesday around his confrontational attitude even, around his ability to win big moments. And, and Kevin McGoughan gave amazing insight into that. The power of one or two of Omani's turnovers or line-out steals. And yeah, he might not hit 18 or 20 carries, but the the sheer momentum-shifting nature of that turnover is, is really decisive in, in international matches. It was great insight, actually, from a, a fellow former back row. Uh, and he plays brilliantly against the All Blacks, doesn't he? Like He's got a really good recent track re- record against him with loads of big moments, like that save when Bowden Barrett grubber kicked down the right. Loads of turnovers, line-out steals. And that line-out is going to be an um, absolutely pivotal battleground. The The bench as well has a bit of punch. Kieran Treadwell, he did look dynamic on Wednesday in fairness to him. And he edges out Ryan Baird, who I thought would probably fill that 19 jersey with his athleticism. And then Bundyaki at 23 after a heavy enough shift as well as Keith Earls on Wednesday, which probably isn't ideal actually for Earls. And you think maybe Mike Lowry could have started that game and, and given Earls a you know, a bit more rest before the, the weekend. But with Aki at 23, you've got obviously three primarily centres in the squad. Henshaw, I know, has covered 15, although not with the most um, success in, in recent years. And Ringrose can move to the wing potentially. But, you could put Carberry at 15 um, yeah. as well, Murray, couldn't you? If they were... Exactly, yeah, exactly. So they've got they've got that bit of cover. And, I mean, bringing Bundy Aki on with his power and his um, abrasiveness um, and his developed passing game would be really key as well. So it is a nice... Strong Ireland twenty three, Gary. The the fact that Healy has recovered so miraculously also probably eases those concerns in in the front row. Yeah, and also the fact that the All Blacks are even more concerned about their own uh, scrummaging prowess at this stage is another factor. I don't think we're not going up against France now in terms of the, that scrum or going up against the Springbok scrum. We're going up against obviously a a, a fairly effective unit but not the best two scrummaging they're not in the top two scrummaging size in the world they're not even the top three so um 
it's interesting. I'm looking at the Irish bench with a little less positivity than you might be, Murray, and uh, particularly the the replacements forwards, with the exception of Jack Conan, I don't think are up to the same level as previous Irish benches in the last in the last season yeah, or yeah. so. Um, I think the selection of Aki is actually really exciting because um, while he did some things really well on Wednesday and defensively. He was sort of caught out of position a couple of times, absolutely skinned for for one of the tries in the first half. But his go-forward ball is just incredible. And um, I think he'd make an impact tomorrow. I think he's a good selection. Mm-hmm. Um, and who else would you put in there, you know? Who would do a yeah, better yeah. job? Who would, yeah, who would come yeah. off the bench against the All Blacks and win that game? Because we're not talking good players at doing their stuff at uh, URC level here. We're talking about the All Blacks. You know, you need to have the nerve, you need to have the personality, and you need to have the physicality. And Aki ticks all those boxes. Mm. A Bundy Aki turnover to, to seal the first Ireland win in, in Auckland in, in New Zealand would be amazing. What's your sense, Gary? Is that a realistic prospect tomorrow? It's de- it definitely is, Murray. It definitely is a prospect. I'm, I think New Zealand will win. I think they'll win by about eight points or so. Um, but if they if they get their stuff wrong and Ireland, you know, get their stuff right, then yes, it can be one. It's this is so different to, you know, I remember watching those games in '92, the first time I saw Ireland away to, to New Zealand, and like they nearly won the first test in that game. Then he Cunningham got two tries, and they led for a good bit of it. They end up they lost, and then a week later they're absolutely hammered. I think it was fifty nine six or something like that. Um, you don't get the sense that it's like that. You don't get the sense it's like o two when they were, when they ran them close, and it was fifteen six in the first test, and then again they're hammered in the second test. Even in twenty twelve, when they I know they're hammered sixty nil, but they they nearly beat them. And they nearly got a draw, sorry, in the in the second test of that series. But you never you never had any belief that they could do it. This time there is belief that they have the potential to win a test, one test out of the three. Um but while we're t- while we've talked about the possible shortcomings of this all black side, you know, we're judging that by their really, really high standards. Yeah. And yeah. you know, even though this is a good Irish team who have been in form and who were excellent last November and they're more than capable of winning, they still are away from home. They are at the end of a long season and they are in New Zealand against a team that may not be as good as previous All Black sides, but if you're measuring them up against the rest of the teams in, at the top end of World Rugby, you know, where would you put them, Murray? Would you put them number two? You probably would. There are thereabouts. Tomorrow will tell us plenty. Um, but yeah, you've, you've whetted the appetite beautifully, Gary. At one moment, I was extremely confident. Now I'm back realistic. But uh, who knows? Who knows how it'll, it'll pan out tomorrow? It's going to be absolutely riveting. Thank you so much for taking the time. We know you're a busy man. And I wonder if you're going to be led astray tonight. I know there's a few adventurous characters down there. Uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a few, a few more pieces to write now. And uh, yeah, we'll be led astray about midnight or so. But until then, until then, I'll crack on, do plenty of writing. It's it's you know something. It's brilliant being on a tour like this, Murray. It's brilliant being yeah. in a real rugby country, going around the places. Every everywhere you go, like when we drove down to Hamilton the other day, 
you're seeing rugby posts just at every little village that you go through. And it just reminds you of being at home where every village and every parish, you see a set of, uh, of GAA posts. Like, you know, this is, this is their GAA in, in New Zealand. And they're really proud of their All Blacks team and they're really proud of their sport. And, you know, it's, uh, it's an amazing experience to get to see that up front. It's, been, it's only been a few days, but it's been brilliant. I've loved it. And looking forward to the rest, the rest of the tour, and certainly, certainly looking forward to tomorrow night. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a great day. Yeah, beauty put as always, Gary Lovin. Reading your stuff from there, and best luck for the weekend. We'll catch you again on Monday, I think. I think we might even catch you tomorrow after, after the test. That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. I actually was going to go through the list of of stuff ahead for members, uh, members at the forty two dot if you want to sign up. I am going to chat to Gary after the match straight after uh, tomorrow get the media post-match analysis and his sense in the stadium then we'll be back on Monday with Gav and Birch and Gary will be tuning in as well just to to I suppose round off the analysis of the weekend Birch looking forward to that one on Wednesday we'll have Owen Tulin as well with his in-depth analytical view on the game and we'll have lots of newsletters for, for members as well a bit of analysis Gary's view from New Zealand as well so this is a an absolutely brilliant time to, to sign up members.the42.ie be able to listen to all the old pods including Wednesday's preview show if you get on now Kevin McLaughlin was outstanding Gavin Birch they were in flying form uh, Birch is a, a comedian as well as a rugby analyst so uh, really worth tuning into if, if you get a chance but uh, members.the42.ie um, and join the join the gang Gary for now really appreciate it go and enjoy your night Thanks, Murray. Great chatting to you. Thanks a million to everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you again after the game. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year I wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> it is coming on! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass. And he 